My guest on this week's episode of Susan Search is Edwin Romero, an independent SEO consultant. Edwin is a veteran digital marketer who has served in senior positions at several different agencies. He is an expert at a very specific and very important field of SEO, website migrations. When a business launches a new website, there's a lot that can go wrong. Edwin brings a level of organization to the migration process and helps to ensure that things are handled carefully from an SEO perspective. About a year ago, he took a leap out of agency life and began freelancing on his own. Many of the best SEOs I know don't work for a large agency. They don't work in-house for some giant corporation. They are freelancers. I start my conversation with Edwin talking about his transition from agency life to freelancer. What made him forgo the security of a regular paycheck and go out on his own? How do freelancers get new clients? Does it ever get lonely not having colleagues? I'm going to ask Edwin these questions and many others. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Edwin Romero. We'll talk about common mistakes people make during a website migration. We'll chat about the SEO freelancer community. We'll talk a little bit about his involvement in the digital marketing program at DePaul University. All right, Edwin, welcome to Susan Search. How are you doing? Mark, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. It's great to have you on. I want to get a perspective from you that we haven't really had on the show before, which is the SEO freelancer. So I want to hear a little bit about this journey. But for starters, you were doing great in agency life. You were crushing it. You were had some important jobs. Uh, I suppose you had some job security and everything like that. What made you want to go out and do this freelancing thing in the first place? Um, it's uh, it's multifold. Uh, there are two primary reasons why I wanted to, to go freelancing. For one, I mean, I've been doing agency life for about 10 years now, yeah. uh, or I mean, up until probably November of last year. It was fun. It was great. I mean, I was leading my team. I was uh, a manager. Um, I created, a, I, guess, I would say, a niche for myself. But I wanted to try freelancing. It was something I'd never done, and it's kind of, I think I had that entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to give it a shot, and that was actually born from the second reason why I wanted to do it. My father uh, started an Ecuadorian food distribution company okay. uh, in Chicago, so it's, it's probably the most renowned in the Midwest. Um, and what I wanted to do was kind of help him set himself up for success in terms of retirement. Mm. So I felt the, the freedom I would get is, it would be through freelancing. Um, and that's what I've been doing now. So I have kind of this dual career track right now cool. as uh, helping manage this food distribution company uh, as well as doing independent consulting. I love it. I love it. So here's what I would think would be hard about freelancing. You don't have a sales team, as far as I know. You don't have a marketing team. No. You maybe want some more clients and it's all going to fall on you. How do you go about getting new clients as a freelancer? How do you get more work? How do you grow? Um, for one, you have to be optimistic um, <laughs> and you have to honestly be a people person. You yeah. really, really do. Uh, you have to be engaged in relationships. I think a part of it is finding a niche. And yeah. up until I left, uh, Capgemini uh, was my last uh, job. Uh, I developed two niches. That was in Salesforce Commerce Cloud SEO, which is an e-commerce platform, uh, as well as website migrations. They were kind of interlinked. Uh, I launched probably 200 plus websites on Commerce Cloud. So all of them kind of you know helped me develop uh, what a good process looks like, what our best practices, launch essentials to be cognizant of. Um, so. That doesn't mean you you can't be successful if you're a generalist. You definitely can be. I think the industry is full of really smart folks that that specialize, well, that that are I guess generalists. Sure. But strategically speaking, finding a niche would give you the opportunity to charge a higher rate and have it be a little bit more, more lucrative. All right. Well, cool, cool. And I would say the other thing about 
freelancing. At least one thing I do like about agency life is that there are other people around. So mm-hmm. you, you get a problem, you can bring some teammates around, you can collaborate on how to solve it. Freelancing seems very, uh, you know, it's you. It's, yeah. it's just yeah. you are you are in that conference room alone. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with it? How do you how do you get through those problems where you can't collaborate? Do you have a network? How do you do it? So um, I, I, I'm huge into mental and emotional health. So part of it before I actually left was how do I prepare myself mentally and emotionally? Um, have a good support system. I honestly, just to be extraordinarily candid, I have a therapist. I, I see her every single week. I have a journal. I write periodically. Yeah. And my wife. I mean, she is just a great listener. Uh, so that's significant. Um, but in all honesty, because of the freelance community, before I even left, and even up until this day, what I do is I reach out to individuals, not even necessarily in the SEO industry, folks that I know that start up their own agencies, just to bounce off ideas uh, off of them. Um, and. It's been successful, I would say. Um, before I left, I reached out to a number of agency owners. I'm not sure if you know Chima from Nigeria. She moved to uh, I wanted, I wanted UK. to mention her. She's yes. awesome. She is yeah. amazing. I, I love her organization. And she's got a whole thing for freelancers. Right? Yeah, yeah so. she's, she's great. Uh, Nick from SEO for uh, Nick SEO Lunch. Yeah, yeah, Nick Leroy. He's awesome. I reached out to him as well, and he was very candid about it. Uh, George Romero from San Francisco. So the community, the community is very, very nice. It's very, very tight. Ah, and I love it. So um, it's so much of like what you see on LinkedIn, like Twitter SEO is about let's scale, let's get bigger, let's grow, let's grow. Yeah. In some ways, it's kind of like nice. You don't have you don't have a lot of problems that agencies have uh, as, as just your own person. But I wonder, do you have aspirations of, you know, building out a team underneath you, scaling this thing out? What or are you? This is in and of itself. This is what you want to be doing. I think I'm still getting my footing. Um, I Going back to Chima, I started uh, to mentor an individual from Mexico. His name was Benjamin. And he said, I wanted to be, I want to learn from you to be a successful freelance consultant. And I told him like, listen, if I, when I find the answer, I'll let you know. Like I'm still learning as I go, yeah, if I'm being right. honest. Um, and I think once I have that foundation, that balance, I'll see what, what, what comes out of it. For now, I'm really enjoying just being on my own, trying to figure things out, building. I think I I love building and being creative, problem solving. Long term, I I wanna dabble into writing a book. Okay. You know, if I'm being honest, I, I, I want to try, but not necessarily any any just uh, SEO book. I want to find a niche that I can yeah. write about. Um, so that's probably something I'll tackle in the next couple of years. All right. Well, I love it. And I, I love that you've kind of figured out what your like your thing is. So you mentioned migrations and um, I wanted to ask you some questions about that because I knew this about you. So there's a zillion things to consider here. Yeah. It seems pretty stressful. It seems pretty laborious, like you got a lot of work to do. How'd you settle on this? Like of all the things, what, what really attracted you to migrations? What was the, the problem that you saw that you could really help it in? So I think with migrations, um, it, I mean, 200 website migrations really gives you a lot of opportunity yeah. to, to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, and I really like having conversations. I love advocating for SEO. Uh, when I started, it was always Hey, we have a website migration uh, a month out. Uh, yeah. we've, the rest of the team has pretty much wrapped up their work, development, design, all these folks are done. Uh, can you do your thing? Well, 
you can imagine that's that's a headache because now you have to work around things that are already set in stone that right. are, are, are cemented. Um, so as my career progressed, I found that I really do enjoy getting in at the ground floor, educating, building an advocacy group within an organization around SEO uh, during website migrations, and. All of that really strengthened my communication skills. Uh, basically, problem solving, budgeting, uh, figuring out processes that work, processes that don't. Um, but I, I think it's it's not without its heart uh, headache. I think one of the the worst website migrations. The, the I'll be honest, like it plummeted. The the, the traffic just declined, <laughs> yeah. and it was so heartbreaking because I everyone in the organization was like. SEO migrations, SEO, Edwin's your guy. Edwin's your guy. So this did a number on me. Uh, you know, presidents were called, CEOs were called in, trying to figure this out. But it, all in all, it was a really great learning experience. Things that, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for now. I think it really grounded me. Yeah, I think that's where, yeah, that's where you learn the most. I think it's like kind of, at least, I shouldn't say that. I'm the one who learns by putting, you know, like the stove is hot by putting my hand on the grill. Mm -hmm. So, um, Okay, let's go, go into like the actual tactical things that you do now. So you're going to start a migration project. You've got enough time to, you know, to do it without hurrying. Where do you begin? What are the first one or two steps? Like that, that, that's a, you're, you're trying to get your arms around a big thing, big project. What are my first two steps? Where, where do I begin? So ideally, let's say we start at the, at the get-go. Um, we're in on the ground floor in terms of trying to get budget for it. I think you have to kind of wrap your head around like how big the site is. What are they hoping to accomplish? What are the goals? Is it direct, uh, or is it what they call it, uh, uh, direct to consumer? Yeah, so like when, when they ultimately start looping in products onto their uh, website where they weren't, you know, e-com in the past, uh, are they looking to consolidate? Uh, what are they essentially trying to do with this new experience? From there on out, you have a pretty good understanding, budget accordingly. One of the things I love to do is crawling. I love okay. crawling, yeah. um, and that's so imperative when you're trying to get your head around how big is is the asset that you're working with. Yeah. Uh, is it a couple of pages? Is it a couple hundred? Is it a couple thousand? Is it tens of thousands? So crawling is significant, um, but not just that. You have to crawl according to Google, uh, and from there on out, mm. you have to basically make sure that you get every single web page that is accessible. But as we all know, like there are things that are being blocked for one reason or another, some web pages that have been gone, uh, things that you need cognizant of. Uh, so from there on out, you pull all the URLs that exist on uh, you know, all the URLs that are obtaining data. So you look at Google Analytics, Google Search Console, you start pulling URLs from SEMrush, Ahrefs. Essentially, just start aggregating all this information around URLs that you want to make sure are accounted for honestly, in a redirect map. Yeah. So I would say 40 to 60% of a migration project, most of the effort is going to go towards redirect mapping. Yeah. Um, now that's going to be re reflective of a redirect strategy. You know, how do you manage the couple of hundred, couple of thousand, couple of tens of thousands that exist, uh, all, the, all those URLs. So a lot of that goes back to having conversations, being on the ground floor with the various groups, uh, groups, uh, talking to the web ops groups. So what kind of uh, solutions exist for redirect mapping? Is it going to be managed in the system at a, at a server level? Is it essentially going to be, uh, can you bypass certain logic through uh, wildcards? Uh, so it's, it's a lot to, lot to pull together. Uh, but I think assembling all these URLs is a great first step to understanding how big of an effort it's going to be. 
I think that's a great tip. And I wonder if I could probe a bit farther. So we have a redirect map that says something like 60% of the whole project is just about getting these redirects. What's that other 40%? What are, what are the other, when we go down the rabbit yeah. hole, what else are we really looking at? What are the complexities that you run into? So um, those are the rest of launch essentials. That includes looking at metadata, making sure that there's a strategy put in place. Uh, so for example, a lot of brands have put a, t a lot of time and effort into having a really great metadata strategy. So you don't want to say, you know what, let's forget about it. You know, put that right. to the side. You right. don't want to do that. Yeah. So you want to just essentially say, um, you know, how can we account for the past in this future? So that's the metadata strategy. Uh, it can be pragmatic, uh, programmatic. Um, then beyond that, there are things like the URLs, making sure that the URLs themselves are optimized. And in some cases, which is pretty neat, um, you can bypass a redirect map by leveraging your URLs. In some cases, you don't want to change your URLs. And if the technology allows it, for, uh, it, allows it, you can basically emulate the URLs from your legacy site if that's optimal. Um, Robots.txt configuration, making sure that you have a, an optimized file. Uh, sitemap, making sure that your sitemap is up and, uh, up and running and it, it is devoid of any kind of issues. Right. And honestly, just crawling. Crawling, 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 yeah. crawling, crawling. You know, making sure that the new site or the staging or development site uh, is is reflective of an optimal state. Now, on top of this, I, I think one of the things that that really uh, trips up some brands is that, you know, the nice to haves. Right. You know, I, I like to say nice to haves because yes. nine times out of ten, when a site declines in performance, it's not because of page speed. It's not because of schema. And some that that. That I will say with a grain of salt, but it's primarily because of redirects and metadata strategy. Now, as such, a lot of effort and energy goes to making sure that stuff is, is optimal. Uh, but by being in the ground floor at the very beginning, you can start collecting requirements. You can start saying, all right, you know what? We're gonna talk about redirects, metadata, canonicals, all that good stuff. But the system that you're migrating to, it may not house the opportunity to include things like schema markup, it may not be optimal from a page speed standpoint. How do you want to treat this? Yeah. In some cases, some clients are pretty adamant about having things like schema, which makes sense. If you're right. a recipe site, if you're a content site, res uh, schema is significant. That's it. Page speed, unless it's extraordinarily slow, in some cases, I, we like to focus on, on, on that post-launch because yeah. honestly, the technology has already been built out. The infrastructure is there. Then we can start, start manipulating it post-launch. Love it, love it. So, what? Here, here's the next thing. You mentioned crawling a number of times. I'm curious the tools for the job. So, there's a lot of tools that could do this for you. What's your go-to to, to crawl, and, and yeah. why do you like it so much? Screaming frog. Screaming frog. Yeah. Screaming frog. I mean, yeah. it's it's a local crawl. I can manipulate it a lot quicker than um, through a web portal or a cloud-based uh, crawler. I forget. I, I think Deep Cross one. Um, yeah. I've never I've never played with Deep Crawl. But I like the how nimble ScreenFrog is. Yeah. And broke, and, don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. Um, and it's not that it's it's not all that costly. Right. You know, it's right. it's a couple hundred bucks a year. Uh, and what's what's wild is a lot of teams don't actually know that this tool exists. Mm -hmm. So when I talk to a, uh, a a new client, one of the questions is, well, are we going to QA the redirects post launch? No, 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 no. You know, we don't have to do that. We can crawl behind the login. We can crawl before go live um, through Screaming Frog. Yeah, I love it. And then the other thing, 
as you've been talking here, I've been thinking about how many people are involved in a migration. Mm-hmm. A lot of this job is soft skills, isn't it? Like you've got to be yeah. able to like work with web developers. You've got to be able to work with a C-suite. You've got to be able to work with a marketing team. Yeah. You know, that seems like half the, half the challenge, like just being able to work with people, no? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, um, and that's one of the reasons why I do like it. I, I'm, I'm huge on advocacy and, and educating individuals on, on SEO. Right. And as you kick off a migration project, you're just basically educating why things should be the way they should be. And if there are issues, let's talk it out. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no problem with just talking it out. Yeah, yeah. I would admit, like, just being a nice guy that people want to work with uh, probably goes a long way in these migrations. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, so this is something I, I really did want to talk to you about. One of my favorite things about doing these in-person appearances is I have people from Chicago, so I'm going to have a Chicago-specific question for you. Sure. Um, I met you through DePaul University mm-hmm. in their digital marketing program, which I'm a humongous fan of. You're also a, a participant there. Um, I wish they had this when I was in college so that I could have learned more. Tell our audience, because I'm, I don't want to spoil it in your own words, about the program itself and your involvement in it. Yeah, so the program itself, um, it basically introduces students to uh, individuals from agencies, introduces them to agencies, headed up by Jackie Cure. I think it's Cure, yeah. right? Yeah, cool. Um, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, she's so sweet. She's so nice. Um, and essentially, we start talking to individuals, students, uh, giving them an idea of what it's like being in an agency, working for yourself. Uh, it's a networking event. Um, and in some instances, Jackie has actually had me in the classroom talk about SEO uh, to her students. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And the, the, it's wild how, how, much resor- how many resources exist for students nowadays. Yeah. And I think she's really pushing for having a dedicated SEO curriculum, which I think would be do wonders for, for her school. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a great opportunity for the students. Like yeah. they can come out with certifications, with internships, with a bunch of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, I just think it's, and then there, I get to meet cool people like you at, at these things. So it's been, it's been really fun. So, all right. Well, um, if people want to contact, get, get in touch with you or find out more, I do want to point them to your LinkedIn, but how should they do so? What's the best way to, to get in touch with you? There are a couple of ways. Uh, LinkedIn is a great, I'm most active on LinkedIn, if I'm being yeah. honest. I post periodically on my website, uh, edwindanromero.com. Uh, from there, you can also uh, subscribe to my newsletter at uh, hashtag pragmatic SEO. Um, I essentially talk about just practical advice, you know, not necessarily news. I think there's a ton of great resources out there for news, but just things I like soft skills, how to communicate yeah. and whatnot. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, I wish you all the best in your freelancing journey. You're uh, an inspiration and a heck of a fun person to have a drink with. So uh, I'm going to sign off for now. We'll be back next week with another episode of Sus and Search. Thanks so much. Thank you.